We all have many different parts of ourselves that show up in different times and different situations. Hello, I'm Jason Friesma. Welcome to another episode of Finding Peaks. I have a pretty cool episode today. I have two therapists joining me, Samantha Powell and Shana Crisp. I am really excited for us today to talk about um, a therapeutic modality called internal family systems. I think you're really gonna enjoy this. Talk about kind of the basic premise, like what is, what is that based upon? Obviously it's a theory of, of counseling um, and, it, and it's just that, it's a working theory. Um, it's not everything in counseling, but it's an important, it can be an important um, way to conceptualize clients and what they're experiencing. So yeah, just kind of give an overview, Shane, I'll, I'll yeah. start with you. Um, so the basic concept of IFS in my mind is that we all have multiple personalities in a sense, um, which is kind of funny because that gets a lot of flack in the yeah. therapeutic community yeah. if multiple personalities even exist. Um, yeah. But why, what IFS says is that we all have many different parts of ourselves that show up in different times and different situations. So nobody acts the same in every scenario, and that's because different parts take over, right. depending on what's happening. Mm -hmm. Well, pe people say it all the time, right? Like, there's a part of me that believes you, there's a part of me that doesn't, there's a part of me that wants to go, there's a part of me that doesn't. It is kind of in our vernacular and how we yes. talk and even how we think about ourselves oftentimes. It's almost scientific that we, like our brains are modeled so that we have different parts that show up in different times, like trauma responses or triggers, or um, maybe like your high self-monitoring, so you show up differently for different types of friend groups or family. Um, or I might show up differently for my mom and my dad or my sister or my friend or partner or something like that, and or at work. And it's really cool how we can exist in this flexible personality like we're not defined by one thing we're defined by multiple different parts and it's super cool so super cool um where what are the parts or what are the labels of the parts and then where where do all these parts come from Ooh, a question. Um, well, there are firefighters, managers, and those are the protectors. And then there are exiles that they that those protectors protect us from. And then there's our core self, which are like the compassionate, curious, calm, creative parts of ourselves that show up when there's not a lot of stress. From what my perspective is of it. Um, and firefighters, they are more reactive, and managers are more proactive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and exile is a lot of the hurt that we've experienced in our life, like difficult, maladaptive core narratives or beliefs from trauma, things like that. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you cool. You did a great job. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Gold star. So where, where, and so, yeah, where do they come from? Why do we have these three kind of general parts to ourselves? Yeah, so we are born with our core self intact, but then mm -hmm. the more that we go throughout life and the more we experience trauma and all these different things, the more that parts come into the system and take over as needed. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that we want to get back to our true self and have that shine through in every interaction that we can. That's part of what we're doing within the therapy room with internal family systems is helping our clients kind of parse out those parts and figure out, okay, which part shows up when I'm angry, which mm -hmm. part shows up when I'm at work, and helping those parts work towards a better, more cohesive system. Mm -hmm. um, because also what happens is these parts get polarized, and so I might have one part that says, you need to go to the gym and diet and lose weight. And then I have a part on the other side that says, I wanna eat all of the cookies in the fridge, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's so. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody can relate with that except for probably everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. 
<coughs> Excuse me. So, okay. And then what do you think causes kind of these parts to begin to break off from that creative, the other C word self um, that you just described, Samantha? Like where, where do these fractures begin to occur? From my understanding is that, I mean, just like what Shana says, is when we have certain experiences that kind of allow them to splinter off. And so um, a lot of times with my clients, I kind of pair it with inner child work um, because a lot of times they feel like, let's say there is a parentified child. And so there's this part of them that feels this intense sense of responsibility. And so they always are trying to help others or put others before them, or they feel incredible like hypervigilance towards other people's emotions or behaviors because that's what they expected to do with their parents. Um, and so kind of working and having them have this really healthy relationship within themselves to talk to their inner child and say, hey, you're a kid. You don't have to show up anymore. You don't have to protect me. I'm, we're going to reparent you and we're going to become the front of the bus and drive the bus and you don't longer have to take this on. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Thank you for saying that because it's... <laughs> yeah, well, it's coming through yeah. your passion for it. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. What would, how would you describe kind of the goal of IFS then? Okay, we have parts, like we understand the premise. So we have the firefighters and the managers and the exiles. Um, okay, what, what do we do about us? So what? Yeah. Um, I would say my goal in doing IFS with clients is one, getting them to kind of identify their internal system and even what that looks like, because everyone's just different. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to figure out what's working and what isn't working within the system. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sometimes we have parts that are kind of working overtime and doing jobs that aren't necessarily suited for them. So part of what we're doing in individual therapy is assigning that part a new job and figuring out what it could do better. Mm-hmm. Can- can you give a real practical example? Like, I, like, I mean, I feel like we're up here kind of describing it and it, a little of it's going over my head, but like, so what, okay, how would somebody present? Like what, uh, I have a part doing the wrong job or an exhausted part. Um, yeah. what, like practically speaking, give me an example of what that might look like and how we can reassign that. Yeah, I think it's something that we see a lot um, in addiction and addictive mm-hmm. behaviors, um, whether that's substances or something else. We have a part who kind of takes over and says, okay, because this thing has happened, I'm gonna come in and do something to change the system. Whether that's drinking, self-harming, using drugs, mm-hmm. that firefighting part is trying to do something to help with the trauma that has already occurred. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, what we want to do is figure out, okay, is this helping the system or is it hurting it? And if it's hurting it, we can work through therapy and have that part do a different job. Mm-hmm. So maybe instead of drinking, this part wants to have fun. And mm-hmm. so we give it something to do that's fun, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. You know, it's interesting for me that, you know, when I picture what a firefighter is, it's somebody that's coming to the rescue. And then when we say that kind of like, or maybe somebody's using behavior or other sorts of uh, behavior, is a firefighter, like explain that just a little bit, because that doesn't sound very positive, I guess. <laughs> I think that that's what I really love about IFS is because it really takes the shame out of it because shame is also one of those exiles. It's one of the part where like, oh my gosh, like I'm an addict or I'm depressed and we kind of define ourselves by our mental health or our addiction and so as society. And so it kind of allows us to accept that these parts exist to protect us. And there's this really cool like saying that there are no bad parts, each part serves a purpose. And so it's taking away that. Mm -hmm. Even if what they're doing isn't working in the system and as 
for us as a person as a whole, they have good intentions. They want to help the system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 So it's like an internal dumpster fire going on in your brain. Then there's going to be a firefighter <laughs> that comes in to just help you and put it out. Um, right. And then there's going to be like, you know, at work, there's going to be a manager that comes down and tells you, okay, how can you do your job better? How can we adjust this? And so it's a way for our system to be helping us. And so a lot of times I think that personally with my clients, like I've had, I've seen them hold a lot of shame towards their um, drinking or towards their SI or towards their self-harm. And so we kind of ask them to be curious with that part and say, hey, so what is this actually doing? What purpose is this trying to serve? And how can you meet them with compassion? Yeah, and helping them separate from that instead Mm -hmm. of identifying as, you know, I'm depressed or I'm an addict, Mm -hmm. giving them new language and helping them actually build a relationship with this part of them instead of identifying it as their whole being. Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that's depressed and there's a part of me that likes to drink when I'm stressed or needs to numb out emotions and things like that. Yeah. Okay. So talk about building a relationship with a part. Cause again, that sounds very abstract. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. so yeah. What we're using to build that relationship is self energy. Okay. Right. So what we're born with before the whole world messes us up is that self energy, that intuitive, creative, calm, compassion. Um, that everybody has that is all covered up with parts. So with that, what we're using to build the relationship is the self energy. Mm -hmm. Um, So in therapy, I'm helping the client build a relationship between their core self and all of the parts inside. Um, So it's kind of like inner child work, Mm -hmm. but more complicated because there could be many inner children because those are the exiles. So what we're doing in IFS therapy is building that relationship between self and all of the parts so that we can understand each part. So what I ask the clients to do is step back from that part and see if they can look at it inside. Um, And that shows up differently for different clients. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people will actually see things visually. Um, Sometimes there will be body sensations that we talk about. Mm -hmm. And it's just all to get them to step back from whatever is troubling them and look at it from a different perspective. Okay. So it is kind of abstract. It, absolutely, it's abstract. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you know you're talking to somebody's kind of core self? Is that, what, is that what the word is? Like, how do you know you're not just talking to one of the other three parts, if you will, not yeah. the so self part? That, the question that I asked to figure out mm-hmm. how much self energy is present is how do you feel towards this part? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they give me anything close to one of the eight C's of self that we've been talking about, um, those C's that Samantha mentioned earlier? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The calm, creative, compassionate, curious, um, Creative, playful, courageous. courageous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's eight of them that we missed, but okay. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just basically any negative vibes. I feel like you have towards a part. That was That's super another part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in, yeah. I have a client and I say, how are you feeling towards this part? And they say, I hate it. I hate this part. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, can you try asking the part that hates it to step back so we can get mm-hmm. to know this part first, and then we'll come back to the part who hates it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if they and that that works, really people are like, yes, no, does. I hate the part of me that eats eight Oreos before okay. I go to bed. Right. And you're like, set aside the hater. Mm-hmm. Let's just like, talk to the person eating. Back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it will. Sometimes it needs attention first, right? Mm-hmm. So we talk to the hateful part first, and then we come back to the other part that we were working okay. mm-hmm. for. Yeah. And it feels really, I always, when I talk to my clients, I'm like, this might feel really woo-woo or something, yeah, but right. just <laughs> lean into it and just lean into it. it with curiosity and just 
be playful with it and see where it goes. And of course, like other modalities, one size does not fit all and some clients might be receptive to it and some might not. Um, like Shana was saying that some will actually visualize parts. I had a client that was like, yeah, mine is stuck in quicksand and I literally cannot get her out. I was like, hey, so like, what would you need to do to like help her get out? And she was like, well, I might need to get her a rope. I was like, okay, what part can give her a rope? And so it kind of allowed her to unenmesh these parts that were just struggling so hard to just let go. And so, it really helps when they're very imaginative and what could happen, so. Yeah, and those are the clients that I tend to use this a lot with, are the ones who are more visual um, and who mm -hmm. maybe already practice meditation or have some sort of just intuitive mm -hmm. talent that way. Yeah. Um, I also do IFS with my therapist and I don't normally see anything. Um, it's more body sensations for me, so it just depends on the client. I mean, it's kind of like with trauma work was because we always ask, okay, like, what do you feel as you're talking about this right now? Where are you feeling that in your body? Um, how old were you when this happened? And then you can ask the part, how old does this part think that you are? Because yeah. it seems like we think you're like a 10 year old and they're trying to protect a child. And so, and that's part of building the self to part relationship too, is mm -hmm. if you can ask the client, well, how old does this part think you are? Sometimes they'll say, well, this part thinks that I'm five, you know, and they're 25. So then we'll update that part and let them know, okay, you're trying to protect me, but you don't need to because I'm older than you think I am. Yeah. You think I'm five or I'm like 37 and rest. Do you have clients that are skeptical in this approach? Just to Absolutely. Okay. Sure. <laughs> are you skeptical of this approach, Jason? Uh, <laughs> I, I was. I used to be, for sure. And I actually went through IFS therapy myself. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out first. Like I tried to wrap my, probably one of my firefighters or something or my, uh, yeah, just like, cause it's hard to conceptualize um, until you kind of let yourself kind of give over to it a little bit. Um, was my experience with it for sure. Um, how, how do you know it's working? Or what, do you, what are clients saying after they kind of begin to make friends with their parts? Like, What's been the response? Um, I, I can think of an example of that one, actually. Um, I had a client who came in extremely depressed and suicidal, and she felt like her depression and suicidality were who she was. Mm -hmm. um, and with IFS, I was able to get her to step back from that mm -hmm. and actually look at why she was feeling suicidal and why that part kept trying to take over. Um, and by the end of it, she was able to actually ask that part to step back or let it know, hey, I'm okay we don't need to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really cool because um, like with suicidal ideation, there's a lot of like shame again, like we talked about earlier, there's a lot of shame or rejection where I don't wanna feel this anymore. And so kind of giving yourself the adaptability or the ability to hold space for that part of you and not hold any judgment towards it. It's like, I might have suicidal ideation come up, but I can recognize what it's trying to do and I can tell it, okay, like, remember, we, we've been through this. Yeah. <laughs> We're okay. And yeah. so, and it's I can cool. recognize that it's not all I am. It's just a part of me. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you know, kind of, when you're done with IFS, like as a client or as a clinician, like, how do you know, like, okay, I did it. I love all my parts. They're great. Or I've integrated them all and I'm only one self now. Or how do you, yeah. what's kind of the goal? I guess I see IFS more as a lifestyle than a reality at points, um, just because we're constantly growing and changing and things are happening, you know, externally and internally. So we're going to have to grow and change and adapt to that. Mm -hmm. um, so in my mind, we're never really done. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
And I think part of what I love about IFS therapy is it gives people the tools to do it themselves outside mm -hmm. of the therapy room. Yeah, they become their own therapist basically and their yeah. own little system mediator. Right. And it's pretty great because yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. I said, I don't think you're ever really done with IFS work because you're always going to exist with different parts. Um, and it's kind of like a, like a solar system where you are the sun, your core self, and these things like revolve around you. And so I don't think it's ever gonna be just one part. So. Yeah. It was a little bit of a trick. I mean, I, I figured it was never gonna be done, but like, uh, that was a great answer. Um, yeah, nailed it. Um, uh, have, you, have you seen clients come back and be like, or, come and talk to you maybe, you know, toward the end of their treatment here, or maybe, you know, down the road in IOP or something and be like, okay, I, I did it. Like I, my exile showed up and I was able to just, you know, honor that or something. I don't know. Yeah, I actually we had a, um, got texted by an old client um, recently and she was like, hey, just want to let you know that it's so wild. Like this parts work has been so crazily influential. It's yeah. like, I'm getting to know myself a lot more and giving into more acceptance and curiosity and really just shutting down like all of the judgment that like my mom gave me or that like this family has shown me that my entire life and being able to show this kind of acceptance towards myself has been incredibly influential. She's like, I'm just still working with my parts. I was just like, that's so great. Awesome. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's kind of like taking inner child work to the next level for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because like you said, we are becoming our own parent, mm -hmm. right? Reparenting that internal system so that the core self is in control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I keep saying that, but it is. So. <laughs> Same as it's pretty cool, or what? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's kind of playing. <laughs> um, I do really. How would you know if IFS is right for you? Like, if, if somebody's just sitting watching, how would they know? This is a good approach for them. You're gonna say for everybody. <laughs> Everybody should do it. I think everyone can get something out of it. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like, you know, like you said, some people have more skeptical parts mm -hmm. than others. Some people are more open and receptive to this kind of abstract mm -hmm. idea than other people are. Um, but I truly believe that everyone can get something out of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Even if you don't go so in depth, because I've gotten to the place of unburdening ceremonies mm -hmm. with parts. And then there are other clients that we're just at the surface of, okay, let's identify that there's this part that feels silly. There's this part that feels super serious. And there's this part that feels professional and childlike or something else like that. And that's pretty much as deep as we go is just learning new parts about themselves, especially yeah. if they struggle with a sense of identity and purpose. Um, and then you can also go super deep into all that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some sessions almost look like a guided meditation Yeah. Um, with the client's eyes closed most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and some sessions I kind of just use the languaging and ask them, mm -hmm. what do you feel like is activated right now? What parts mm -hmm. are awake? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I often use the language of what parts are in the living room of your head mm -hmm. um, and which ones are in the basement, you know, with, <laughs> yeah. who's active, yeah. who is paying attention and taking over and who's not. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Really? <laughs> no. But I, I do really, um, I mean, I really appreciate kind of what you both are talking about too, is that it, this is pretty abstract. Uh, some might think weird or things are yeah. an approach that 
um, maybe they don't entirely think through, but it also seems like there's some real practical application that people can kind of walk away from it and be like, okay, as I'm, as I'm sitting here, I'm having some sort of reaction that maybe seems too large for this situation, or maybe doesn't match the situation quite like it should, or I'm, I'm in a social setting and I don't want to talk. I'm like frozen here. Like what's going on? It gives kind of some tools to be like, okay, I know I have a process now for thinking these things through and it's through this internal family system mm -hmm. modality. Is that a fair summary? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I think it's really cool because oh my gosh, I keep saying that. No, it's it's boring. It's ridiculous. There's a there's a part of me that's coming up that's just telling me to stop saying cool. Um, there's a part that really thinks it's cool. Yeah, yeah that's like, like oh inner critic. God, like time you said. That. Yeah, like shut up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> talking about inner systems. Yeah, with trauma, there are narratives that we hold on to. So like I'm not enough, or I did something wrong, or I am not attractive, or I am out of control. And, and so by recognizing that there is a part of us that's holding on to that instead of being it defining us. And so let's say we are feeling activated in our chest and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get over this. I'm never going to stop feeling anxious or depressed. And it's like, well, you have, you, you've had the last 10 minutes. You've been super cheerful. Like there's obviously multiple different parts of you. And so it's bringing us kind of awareness that their entire life is not dictated by this solid part of their identity. And it's really empowering, I think, so. I think that is a great way to kind of lay into this topic. Um, I want to thank you both. Samantha, Shana, thank you very much for coming on. I know there's probably part of you that might get anxious in front of cameras and, and sitting here, um, and probably a part that is pretty exciting. Um, and to summarize, uh, Samantha, this is a really cool approach uh, for therapy. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why you would say no, that. I, I really appreciate cool. this uh, thoughtful discussion about in, internal family systems. Thank you both. Thank you.